It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, it's Ronnie versus Freddie. Ding, ding, ding. Three things the Falcons must improve on this season. And we'll talk about Masters day one in the books. What an unbelievable round for Tiger Woods. It's all part of Hitting Hard on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We welcome you in. It is our first full week here on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on the Locked On Sports Atlanta network. And uh, so glad you could be a part of it. We ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a like, review us, tell us what you think out there. Make sure to download the audio, listen to us uh, in all the different platforms. So uh, don't miss anything as part of the show. We are finishing up our first full week here on this show. Lots of exciting things going on. I want to tell you about my friends because they sponsor the show today, betonline.net. Now, look, last night was opening night in Major League Baseball. You got all kinds of games going on, a few rain and snow and weather delays and all the good kind of stuff, but so many baseball games that are going on. And, oh, yeah, as we mentioned, first round of the Masters in the books. You can still do your betting online. Your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information is Bet Online. If you go to betonline.net and get all the latest odds, all the different contests they got going on, all the player props, all kinds of good information there. And remember, you know, with baseball, you got basketball, you got golf, you got all kinds of Vegas casino games, live betting, all sorts of different platforms that you can get mixed up in. So you don't feel like you have a feel on the NBA. Get over to Major League Baseball. Don't feel like you have a feel there. Hey, we got the Masters Golf Tournament going on all weekend. So it's not too late to get involved uh, in all of this. Head over to the website, betonline.net. Use your mobile device to learn about uh, the trends and the actions and everything that's going on. Bet online where the game starts. Oh, well, today on the show, we uh, have uh, some drama within the Braves with uh, one player not playing and one former playing. It's Ronnie versus Freddie. Ding, ding, ding in the battle of the soul for the Atlanta Braves, right? Oh, boy. Uh, You know, so Ronald Acuna Jr. went on Instagram Live with a reporter the other night, and he said some things. He was asked about Freddie Freeman. Are you going to miss Freddie and all this good stuff? And he was like, no, not really. You know, I didn't uh, didn't think that he was a guy who supported me during – uh, the time when he got hit by the Marlins, remember all that drama that went on. He went back to an incident in his rookie year. Some of the things that Freddie had to talk to him about, blah, 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 you know. So then it gets all translated, right? Because he doesn't speak English or he, at least he doesn't speak English when he wants to speak to the press and everything like that. He says everything that he has to say. It gets out. He claims, you know, he claims it was over. Over, over, what I want to say. Uh, he claims that it was basically too much drama. It wasn't really what he said, and he tried to walk it all back. Okay. So then Freddie Freeman gets on MLB TV last night and he's asked about it. And people are like, well, Freddie kind of took the high road. Okay. He came out, said, hey, my kid's going to miss him. My wife's going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. He's part of the family, blah, 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 blah. And then it got into, but. You know, the eye black and the, and this and the hair and the jewelry and the uniform and you got to do this. and that. So basically all the things that Ronnie was ticked off about got confirmed as to, you know, what Freddie talked to him about. So, I mean, sort of the things that Ronnie was upset about, Freddie helped confirm all of that information. My problem in this whole situation is 
once Ronald started walking it back and he got on Twitter, like these millennials do, excuse me, these dopey millennials do. He got on Twitter and he said, blown out of proportion. It wasn't what I said. Clown face emojis and all this kind of stuff. Then he has to go and do a whole nother interview where he's walking it back saying, I didn't really say some of these things. They were out of context. You know, everything that athletes love to throw out there. But, well, the context is wrong and this, that, and the other. Okay. That's where, to me, the problem gets in. So, if Ronnie is going to really be one of the leaders of this ball club, if you're going to go on the media tour and you're going to say these kinds of things about Freddie Freeman and your former teammate and defend your actions, then you better be willing to stay with that and keep a straight and narrow path with it. I had an old boss that he always told me a great lesson. He says, always be rudder, but don't be sail." Sale is all over the place here, there, everywhere, and things like that. Be rudder when you're going through with things. And that's what a leader has to be. You have to have a leadership that takes you in a straight, direct pathway out there. When you're backtracking and this, that, and the other, now you've pulled the attention away from what you actually said and what you meant or whatever to, well, now he's apologizing and now we're clown emojis and this, that, and the other thing. And part of that's youth. I understand Ronnie's youthful. Ronnie's not been asked to do a whole bunch of media barrages and things like that. Right now, here's the other funny part about this. You know, Snickers had the same problems with him, right? <laughs> Snickers pulled him. He's benched him before. He's had his talks and stuff like that with him. Why do you think he has Freddie Freeman go to him? Because he has Freddie at the, at the player level express the thoughts of what the organization are and things like that. Now, Ronnie may not like some of these things, and I understand that. Like I said, I don't have a problem with Ronald Acuna and what he said. I, I, and I'm sure it's true what everybody's thrown out there. But if that's the rules of the organization, if that's how they want, and we know how the Braves operate, right? Like we know exactly how the Braves operate. When, when they've had players come in that have been a little bit kind of on the east side, Bobby Bonilla, Gary Sheffield, Reggie Sanders, you know, guys that had a bit of a reputation of being whatever you want to say, cantankerous. How about that? There's a big word for you. They came into the Braves clubhouse and they towed the company line and they all talked about how they love to play for Bobby and this, that, and the other. It's how the Braves do business. You can like it. You can not like it. You can agree. You can disagree. But it is how the Braves do their business. And Freddie Freeman was a mouthpiece. And that's why Snitker used Freddie to, to help kind of keep things like that in line. So if Ronnie is going to be one of the leaders, if you're going to go on a media tour and you're going to say these things about one of your former teammates, then you better be willing to stand up for those things and say, I said it. I meant it. This is what it is. Don't come at me with clown emojis, blown out of proportion, going back and doing another interview. Don't get me involved in all of those kinds of things. You said it. You meant it. You were asked it. Now, if you didn't want to say those things, then you could have said, hey, listen, I got nothing but love for Freddie and you know we're going to miss him in the family and moved on. You could have made it very simple. Nobody asked you to elaborate on, well, why didn't you like Freddie or this, that, and the other? You were asked the question of, 
are you going to miss Freddie Freeman? You could have said, oh, absolutely. I, you know, listen, we had a great, you could have lied and the media wouldn't have known any different. Well, but then he'd be lying, Chuck Reed, because nobody cares. They only care once you give them a reason to dig into the story. And then when you go with clown emojis and backtracking and blown out of proportion and all these things, that's when you turn the story of now he's saying he didn't say this. And you got like, I, I've never seen so many linguists in my entire life. They, they didn't translate the ancient Roman Bible in as many different languages as they translated this IG post that uh, Ronald had with some guy. Like literally, we had we got people coming from you know from from like the island of Greece that you know all of a sudden now we're we're translating his words verbatim and this that and the other. So you turned it into that type of story, and you made the story now about you instead of what were some of the issues and things like that that you had. And look, the funny part was Freddie Freeman sort of he, he didn't call Ronnie out, but. He also, at the same time, confirmed a lot of what Ronnie said. It was, hey, you know, I love Ronnie. We're going to miss him, blah, 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 blah. And then that turned into, but, you know, there were, you know, eye black and there was medical tape and uniforms and jewelry and socks and blah, 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 blah. So to me, it's a big nothing burger, but it's taken traction because once you start saying, I didn't say this, and you're on video saying it, that's where you get yourself in trouble. And by the way, I didn't say anything I just talked about here. This is all just a mirage or myth and everything like that. All right, when we get back, three things that the Falcons must improve on this season if they're going to start to turn this thing in any direction, in any direction whatsoever. Hitting hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're going to talk about three things that the Atlanta Falcons must improve on, not just for this season, but part of how they're going to grow and get this thing back on track. But first, I want to tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. This show is sponsored by them today. Look, everybody's been fighting their New Year's resolutions and all that good kind of stuff, right? Everybody wants to kind of get in shape. Spring is coming, right? Time to get that spring body up. Great spring figure up and all that good kind of stuff. My friends over at, at Built Bar have all the products that you need to, out there. So I want you to try the marshmallow puffs. If you're looking for a fun snack, you need a sweet tooth craving, but you don't want the candy bar and all the sugar and all the good kind of stuff that comes along with it, the marshmallow puffs are the way to go. You got flavors like yummy cinnamony churro. You got coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all kinds of different flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, and they are protein-infused. So these are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallows that are out on the marketplace. Low-calorie, high-protein. You're looking at about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and about 17 grams of protein for all of it. So if you're looking for that fun little snack to try to crave your sweet tooth, well, I understand. Listen, everybody's got one of those. Use the marshmallow puffs as a way to do that. Plus, I want you to check out their line of bars. If you go to Built.com, Built.com has got all of the uh, 
lines of bars. They got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. This month, they got the white chocolate cookies and cream that's available to you. So all the different flavors are at Built.com. Check out their line of bars today. And if you go to Built.com and you use the promo code LOCKED15, listen to me, LOCKED15, put that in the promo code, you get 15% off your order. So I'm being nice today and I'm being Santa Chuckery. 15% off your order if you put locked 15 in the promo code. Go to built.com, get 15% off with locked 15 today. All right. Uh, as we continue here on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. So, three things that the Atlanta Falcons must do as we are in this offseason. When I looked at these things, I don't care what the record is, how good you are, how bad you are, whatever like that, from a wins and losses standpoint. But there are three things that the Falcons, when I look at them statistically, must do better if you're going to start to get this thing back on track. Okay, so here we go. And we'll kind of go backward to the first because the first one's going to be completely obvious out of all of it. The first thing is your rushing defense and the fact that they gave up the third most first downs running the football teams running the football on them they gave up 143 first downs via the run last year that's the third highest total in the NFL now we understand why right there's not enough good guys on their defensive line they don't have enough guys that push and this is where you get into the discussions about with Grady Jarrett if he's going to continually get double and triple teamed like he did very often his ability to get in the backfield and be disruptive at all is just going to go away. You're not going to have a chance out of all of it. But if you can't keep teams, and it's our bugaboo, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but if you can't keep teams from lining up on third and one, third and two, and they can just line up and they just push you forward and you can't stop them, you're not going to win in the NFL. You know, you're not. How do teams protect the lead in the NFL? You run the football, you pick up first downs, you keep the defense on the field, and you run that four-minute offense, right? And you don't let your quarterback get sacked. You know, the Falcons' defensive line is so devoid of personnel that one of the things that they have to find is if Grady is going to be here, and and that's a big if at this point, right? We don't know if he's going to get traded. We know he's going to be here or not. But a big if is if he is here, you have got to find some help in the interior part of their defensive line as well. You have to have somebody that's a bigger body that complements Grady that can start to chew up some guys as well to where he can release and not so much get to the quarterback. You know, he's not a sack specialist, but can you get him in the backfield to disrupt running plays? And especially in third down, second down, short yardage types of situations. But if you have, if you give up the third most first downs via the run defensively, you're going to have a lot of trouble in the NFL, and teams are going to be able to close out the game on you because you can't stop that. Now, the other part of that is on the other side of the football. The Falcons only picked up 75 first downs via the run last year. Let me repeat that. The Falcons only picked up 75 first downs via the run last year. That was truly the fewest in the NFL. So no team runs for a first down less than the Atlanta Falcons. Now, again, how do you close out games in the NFL? You have to, one of the big things is you have to be able 
to run the football effectively. You have to be able to run a six-minute, a four-minute offense where you can line up when it's third and two, third and one, and push people forward. For so many years, we've watched this team get to where when it's third and two, it's shotgun, five wide, spread everybody out, huck it all over the field, bounce it off the turf, and all this good stuff, and we can't move the chains. And so no matter how this comes to be about what their offense looks like, this, that, and the other, they have got to get more efficient at running the football. They don't have to be a great running team, and I'm not expecting them to be a great running team, but they have to create a mentality with their offensive line and their running backs that on third and two, third and one, we can pick up that first down without shotgun, five wide, spread everybody out, empty backfield, huck it all around, right? That in the NFL, as the season moves on and guys are getting worn out and tired, as my buddy Hugh Douglas says, people start making business decisions. And if I can keep pushing and pushing and pushing, pushing against your defensive line, especially in short yarded situations, that's where they have to get better. And we've known this for a while, but they can't seem to figure it out. But that's what happens when you have a bad offensive line and you have a running back that relies on his offensive line and Mike Davis, where he doesn't even average, you know, can't even get to four yards of carry out of all of it. So that has to improve. And then, of course, the number one thing is you can't be the worst team in the NFL in sacks. And this is what boggles my mind about reading people in their mock drafts. You know, you're not going to win because you added a wide receiver and a safety and this, that, and the other. Can they help a good team win when you add those pieces? Absolutely. But when the foundation of your house is built on bales of hay and you start setting concrete blocks on top, it's not going to hold up. It's not going to hold up. And the idea of building from the top down doesn't make any sense. When people say build from the back to the front, it's not where games are won in the NFL. Games are won where the ball is put right here. How close to the football am I really good? And however you have to do that, if that's one guy that gets 15 sacks, if you have to spread it out amongst a bunch of guys that give you a handful of sacks, it doesn't really matter how you get to a sack total in the NFL, but you have to be disruptive. You can't continue to not sack the quarterback and ever truly fix your football team. And this is the part that amazes me about all this. Why is everybody so afraid to fix the Falcons? Why do I feel like so often I'm the only person that truly wants to fix the Falcons? Not band-aid it, not, not put little sprinkles on it, not put little stars, not stick a candle in it. I want to fix what is hurting us. And that's first and foremost where they have to get better. You have to sell your soul to figure it out. If you can't draft well or you can't do this, you can't, you better figure out a way to either scheme or get to quarterbacks in the league, or you're going to be in a massive amount of trouble. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about day one at the Masters. A lot of activity. Tiger Woo had a great round. And uh, listen, pink shirt and all, man, he looked good uh, doing all of it. It's hitting hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Well, yesterday, round one of the Masters in the books. And look, the big story, of course, Tiger Woods out yesterday. 
minus one after his first round, uh, had the pink Nike shirt on looking good sporting uh, all of that. You know, it, it was funny. And I had a guy by the name of Will, Will Gray on my show last night. And we were talking about, um, we were talking about just the, the impact of Tiger, but when he made that putt on 16 and you heard that crowd just go crazy and they went back and showed about four different replays on the show. They, they just, they kept showing the crowd in different angles and all that. And you see everybody getting up and making noise. I mean, it was like a wrestling crowd. It was like a wrestling pop. And it's amazing because when you think about golf and sort of the, the stagnant nature of golf, the way that Tiger can bring people to their feet and, and just rally people around him is amazing. And, and I give him all the credit in the world. There are a few athletes that can have that kind of impact on their fan base. There are a few guys that can do that and really make that kind of impression on people. He does that. And that putt at 16 yesterday was just magnificent. Big putt, got him to one under, and he just you know, brought the crowd to its feet uh, out of all of it. Now, I will tell you, yesterday they were shooting darts uh, out there on that course. And, you know, because of the rain that they had gotten at Augusta over the last couple of days, boy, that course was just kind of nice and soft. And you saw guys really take some pokes at it and throw some darts at that. As the day went on and the wind picked up and temperatures warmed up and things like that, and the course dried a little bit, you saw some of those balls that were sticking earlier in the day weren't out there. It's going to be fascinating to see what the weather is like over the few days because it's going to be mixtures of cold. It's going to be mixtures of lots of wind. Expect lots of wind gusts out there today. You've still got some water on, you know, as far as not standing water on the course, but you've got greens that are still probably pretty well soaked that have been in the shade and things like that that can still hold some balls. The course itself by Mother Nature is going to change, I think, all through the weekend, and that's going to be one of the things to watch for over this weekend. You know, when I when I was – Looking at this, you know, Cameron Smith was a guy who had one of the most odd rounds of anybody out there yesterday. Six is the first hole. Six is the final hole. Double bogey on one and 18 and then shoots eight birdies in between that and finds himself at four under out there. He's a great wedge player. If you're not familiar with him, Australian, great player. He just looks so calm, cool, and collected out there. He's one of the guys I really think to watch for out there because he can use his wedge in a very effective manner. You know, one of the other things that I saw about Tiger yesterday too was if you look at him statistically, he was about 288 and a half yards off the tee yesterday. Now, you say that's a great number. I'd love to be able to hit that. But for Tiger, that's actually a pretty low number when you know, he's historically been, you know, in, in the really grand days, he was in the 3, 320 range. In the last few years, he's been in the, you know, 290 to 297 type of range on his drives. But, you know, this was a combination of his driving part because of the injury, partly because he got himself in trouble. Um, you know, on 18, he hit a drive where he ended up on 10 and had to hit it back into the, you know, back into the fairway and everything like that. So how he continues to drive and how he navigates, because it doesn't sound like much to say, well, he's only, you know, four or five, six yards off of his normal drive. But in the world of golf, that can be a lot when you start talking about, okay, what's my next shot going to be? How do I approach this? Can I get over a water hazard instead of having to lay up in front of it and things like that? So I'll be curious to see what his driving distance looks like over these next, hopefully more than just today. 
and we'll see. I think he's going to make the cut uh, at this point. I'd be surprised if he doesn't make the cut out of all of this. But um, it was certainly a sight to see with Tiger and him being out there on the course and just the way people reacted to him, just the throng of people that saw him. And like I said, when he hit that putt at 16 and they started showing eight different angles of all the crowd and just everybody in this section standing up and that section standing up and everybody around it, it made you really enjoy, you know, the sport and made you really rally around Tiger. We'll see. I mean, for Tiger, one of the benefits was is that he finished up early and doesn't have to start until later today. So he's in a pretty good position where he didn't have to have a quick turnaround of finish late, get up early and try to adjust and make good uh, from there. But I think the story is going to be besides just Tiger is how does the weather affect the course over the next few days? Because you're supposed to get combinations of potential rain, but certainly wind, a lot of wind gusts today, sun coming in and out, but you got cold temperatures that are in there as well. It's going to be fascinating to see how Augusta plays over the next uh, few days. And a couple of the names that, that you know, look, Scotty Scheffler is the number one uh, player in the world, a guy who six weeks ago couldn't figure out how to win on tour. Now he's won three of the last five out there. He's obviously in the mix. Cameron Smith is a guy, like I said, that I really think is going to be a part of this final few days where he just looks like a guy who's poised. Um, he's trying to be one of the first guys, I think, to, to – win a couple of different tournaments, um, the Masters, and I want to say it's like one of the um, one of the other Opens or whatever. I, I think him and Tiger are the only two guys to to do that in the same year. But but he's he's playing at a really high level right now. And Dustin Johnson, another guy that you saw that a lot of people have been wondering, okay, when is he going to get this thing on track? When is he going to become that star player again? He had a monster day yesterday out there. But certainly watching Tiger Woods and his performance out there yesterday at the Masters, I think really inspired a lot of people. And just the fact that he's been able to come back. We talked about this the other day on the show that the word amputation was used. Now, I don't know how much you all use the word amputation in your daily vocabulary, but when Tiger Woods was discussing what the potentials were for coming back, that word amputation was used. That was one of the words that was used as far as what it could end up being for him. And thankfully, none of that happened. Thankfully, he found a way to get back. And I'll tell you the other thing about Tiger, too, is when you saw him yesterday, and I really do believe this, I don't think Tiger was ever going to show himself limping and things like that. And I know that there were reports about when he went and played the practice round, when he got out there and this and the other, that there were times when he showed some form of what looked like a limp or it looked like he was struggling a little bit. He was not going to show that yesterday out of Augusta. He was not going to in front of the fans and the cameras and the TV and everybody else in the world. He was not going to show any signs of weakness, was he? He wasn't going to do anything like that in front of everybody. He may have internally been feeling lots of pain. And I know that Nick Faldo talked about on the broadcast yesterday that at the, at the, at the master's dinner, because uh, Faldo is obviously a multi-time champion himself, but he asked Tiger Woods about where his pain threshold was in all of this. And he said, let's get a one to 10. It was about a five or whatever like that, which is probably being generous. He probably really is at about a seven or eight because he hasn't, honestly, he hasn't walked a course. He hasn't played. He hasn't done anything. You know, remember he was in a hospital bed for multiples of weeks, and then he brought a hospital bed home and stayed in that for multiples of weeks. So he's barely had any time to do anything to try to get himself back in there. I know they talked about he was working out in water and different things like that, but he was not going to show any signs of weakness out there on the course yesterday. So 
it will be fascinating to see what he does. I think the two stories, Tiger number one and the weather affecting how the course plays will be the other big factor in all of this. All right, I want to thank you for being a part of Hitting Hard. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Got the link right there. Subscribe to it. Review us. Give us some likes. Give us your thoughts about what you see on here. You can always follow me on Twitter, by the way. It is at JMCH316. We will be back with you next week. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.